0: This morning, we're looking at Psalm 32, Um, it'll be on the screen behind me, on the screen in front of you, however you got it with you, Uh, you can follow along that way, Uh, Psalm uh, 32, Uh, so before we read, let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for meeting us here in this place. Thank you for being here before we even arrived. Thank you for gathering us together as a community to pay attention to your presence. God, we know that we aren't perfect. Uh, we know that in all sorts of ways we, we make a mess of things, through the things that we do, through the things that we uh, leave undone, through the intentions of our hearts and our minds, we, uh, we often fail regularly. And yet, you have said to us, oh, you're welcome here, my children, always welcome here. And so we are grateful for that. I'm grateful for your forgiveness. I'm grateful for your love and your grace. And now we pray that you would open our hearts so that we might hear a word from you and experience you maybe in a way that is, that is different and that is deeply personal. We pray, Lord, that you would touch us in, in the ways that we need it so that that real lasting change and transformation might take place. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 32, hear these words. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sins the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely, when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Don't be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding but must be controlled by bit and bridle or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart will go that far. So good. You know, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to preach a psalm because sometimes psalms are. I think all of psalms, not just sometimes. They're they're just meant to be experienced, and you know, they're really prayers. Prayers meant for corporate worship. We'll get into that a little bit later, uh, but. I think they're meant to be experienced. They're meant to be prayed through over and over and over again. And if you've been with us for any amount of time at all, you've heard me say that if you want to learn how to pray, just dig into the Psalms and read them over and over and over again. Pray them. Use them as your own. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Now, if that doesn't sound depressing, I don't know what does, (laughs) right? My life is a waste. I have no strength. Something's missing. Something's gone. Something's lost. There's like this hole in me. Who wants to be around someone like that? Well, I think we're all a little bit like that. Like, not all the time. But sometimes, and some days are better than others, right? But you've had days like that. that. That describes you, right? At least if we're honest about it. Frederick Buechner describes this reality like this. He says this, all of us carry around inside ourselves a certain sense of emptiness, a sense that, that something is missing, it's a restlessness, a deep feeling that somehow all is not right within our own skin. I mean, you've got that place inside of you, right? You might not be feeling it right now, but from time to time there it is. There's that feeling, sometimes we call it anxiety, but part of the inner world of every human being on the planet, there's this sense of uneasiness, there's this sense of of incompleteness. It's that feeling that that something's just a little bit off. That something's just not quite right. Like, life could have a little more light and a lot less darkness. Life could have a, a little more excitement and a lot less monotony. Life could have a little more color and a lot less gray. My bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Somehow, some way like there's this thing inside of us that just knows that our lives could be better. We yearn for it, right? We sometimes even groan for it. We have this sort of spiritual part of ourselves that that says from within us, you know, your spiritual health could be a lot better than it is. Spiritual health, spiritual wholeness. Like we all have this sense that, that this is something that we should pay attention to, but sometimes we're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to, how to pay attention to my spiritual wholeness. Like our physical health, on the other hand, we sometimes pay attention to that. And we, you know, when we get a little flabby, when we, when we start feeling like something's a little bit off, like we feel like it's just not feeling quite right on the outside. Generally speaking, we know what we ought to do. We know that there are steps. We know the steps we need to take in order to make sure that we get to the place where we're healthy. And if we're paying any attention at all to any kind of media at all, we know that there are all sorts of things, all sorts of supplements that we can take and ingest that will help us get to physical health faster than ever before, because that's what we want. We want to get healthy, and we want to get healthy fast. For instance, if you just Googled supplements that help with weight loss all sorts of really amazing things pop up for you. Like, for instance, the first website that pops up is this, www.fatburnerpros.com, which sounds totally legit, (laughs) fatburnerpros.com. And they'll give you the four top supplements for weight loss. They'll tell you this, we did the research for you. Here are the top four, right? Now, I'm not going to, this isn't a commercial for weight loss supplements, so I'm not going to give you the names of this top four supplements. I'll just sort of describe to you what they do or what they're supposed to do for you, right? And there's, there's a couple of things that are, that are the same for all of them, but here's what they'll do. Like, one of them is described as a fat scorcher, which again, is totally legit, scorches fat right off you, you don't feel a thing, it's just magic, right? Fat scorchers. Anyway... It will give you a sense of energy with virtually no jitters. That sounds good. It will also decrease appetite so you just eat less. Well, that'll help. So that was the top one. That was the best one. The next one will give you good energy, not like the first one. And it will also curb your appetite. The next one on the list will apparently ramp up metabolism for fat loss intensify your focus, and also curb your appetite. The last one is supposed to raise your metabolism, but not by much. And it will give you moderate appetite suppression, right? So they're all like, you got to eat less, right? So here's the deal. With all of these supplements, there are all kinds of different caveats, right, to them. And the first caveat is this one. I feel like I should give this to you first. You got to be careful when you're taking these supplements because some of them, uh, the way they work is if you ingest fatty foods, they will get rid of that fatty food before you have a time to digest it, right? Which means things can get explosive (laughs) and messy if you're not careful, if you know what I mean. Um, If you don't know what I mean, I mean diarrhea. Uh, let's just say it, they will give you diarrhea. Uh, So that's one of them. Uh, The other caveat is this, Uh, and this is true for all of the supplements. While taking them, guess what you have to do? (laughs) I love it. Just say diarrhea, and it's immediate laughing giggles. Love you, Garrett. So here's here's the other caveat, and they don't tell you this up top because they want you to buy their product. But with all of these products, guess what you have to do? You have to eat well, and you also have to exercise regularly, which is something that we all should be doing anyway, which begs the question, why in the world do we need to take these supplements anyway? Right? The truth is, we probably don't need them. All we need is the willpower to get up, eat well, and exercise regularly but wouldn't it be so nice if we could just take a supplement and it would magically just be gone yeah it would be my bones wasted away all day long through my groaning my strength is sapped like in the heat of summer when we get that sense of emptiness that sense of incompleteness, that sense of uneasiness, that, our, that sense that our lives could be or even should be or, or were even meant to be better. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just have a supplement that would just take care of it for us and it would just magically just be gone? But I don't know if there is any supplement available that will get rid of the anger inside of us that we deal with on a constant basis. I don't know that there's a supplement available that will help us Help us get rid of that sense of entitlement that we seem to have and carry around with us or that sense of of self-centeredness like we are the center of the world and everybody ought to do and think as we do and nobody can be different and if they are, we can't be with them. Truth is, there's no supplement that will do anything for any of that. Like, you fill in the blank. Truth is, we probably don't need a supplement for our, our spiritual lives. All we need is the power to... To get up and do what's right for our souls, right? To actually engage in some things that will be helpful for us, like hard work. So here's the deal: when we gather together, one of the things that I, I that we try not to do is to just be a place that that we can come and just feel good about ourselves. Like we don't want to create a space where we can just come and be entertained, and we don't want to create a space where we. Uh, or we put on a show, and uh, and and y'all are here, and you feel good, and you're like, I've done my religious duty for the week, and we and then we walk out. My hope is that when we come in here, we'll actually meet the presence of God. That we'll actually expect the divine to meet us here. L- my hope is that this is a place where we can be honest about who we are and about what happens on the inside what's really going on in our hearts. My hope is that we'll be open and honest with the divine. And my hope is that the divine will meet us in those places. And my hope is that we'll experience love and grace. That will transform us. My hope is that, that we'll actually do something about it. Like, this isn't a passive experience that we come here expecting to, to do some work. Are you with me? That's my hope, right? So how do we do that? How do we do the work? Well, fortunately, we have Psalm 32 that sort of helps us how to grasp, how to better pay attention, I think, to our, to our spiritual lives, right? Right? So psalms are really songs and prayers meant for use in corporate worship. But this little ditty doesn't just sound good. I think it actually teaches us. It changes us. It, I, th- I think it has the potential to help transform us if we're, if we're paying attention, if we're allowing the divine to work in us, and if we're willing to work with the divine. Like, there's work to do. There are decisions we need to make. There are new patterns we need to live into. So I think this psalm sort of teaches us one of those patterns. It's like a flow, right? It's like this that it's like this this thing that spiritual health and vitality comes from a, a sort of comprehensive rhythm of things like confession, prayer, instruction, confession, prayer, instruction. So the psalm begins by sort of giving us a uh, giving us a little picture, a description of what a, what a spiritually alive person looks like and feels like. It says, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit there is no deceit. So there's this implication that we become fit and healthy, blessed in spirit when we're unburdened by some of the things inside of us that we know just don't belong and then the guilt that is associated with them. It's like the weight of of all the, we might call it junk in our lives. So the emptiness, the uneasiness, this sense of incompleteness sort of begins to melt away when we enter into this flow, right? Like, I want that, don't you? You want that we all want that and i think this psalm is teaching us that when we enter into this flow this this rhythm of confession and prayer and instruction we 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 begin to it's not an overnight thing it's not a quick fix there's work to do right so there there we go here's the flow we start with confession and really i think it's the only place to start like this is the natural place to start the psalmist, if you read it, comes to a point in their life where it's like, oh my goodness, I have to stop hiding from some stuff. I have to stop pushing stuff down. I have to stop pretending it's just not there. I have to take it and name it and put it out in front of everybody, especially in front of the divine. It says this, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Are you with me? So, more often than not, this thing we call sin, or this, these places where we mess up the most, like, they come from a place, it feels like they come from a place hidden deep inside of us. It's like a secret place in our own hearts. And the psalm realizes that all the secret junk in their life is having a profound effect on their spiritual life like they're empty inside they're groaning they know why so they confess it imagine with me for a moment that you're an expert on automobiles like you know how to fix automobiles right And over the past few weeks you've noticed that your neighbor is sort of struggling with their uh, their their Ford Freestar it's just not running quite right you know and at first you might think they might have ba- they, they just bought a lemon, it's a bad car, what a bummer, um, man, that's just too bad. Like when they start it up and run, it just doesn't sound right. And then after a while you watch them struggling for a while and you're like, well, I'm gonna offer my automobile mechanical expertise, right? So you walk over and they accept. And so you don't have one of those things that you plug in, like you go to AutoZone and it'll tell you, you know, your gas cap's not working right, you gotta get that fixed or you know, your whatever. You don't have one of those sitting in your garage, so you just start looking around and you start asking questions, and all the questions, they, all the answers they give you are satisfactory. They're doing all the right things. They're regular maintenance, oil changes, tire rotations. They regularly wash it and vacuum it. They do all the things you're supposed to do, right? Fluids make sure they're all topped off, and you're like, what in the world? Everything looks good on the outside. Everything looks really good. Are you sure, and then you decide to ask a deeper question, are you sure you're not doing anything sort of unconventional or out of the ordinary? And your neighbor says to you, well, about once a month, I've decided that that I would just add a half gallon of water into the gas tank because I'm hoping, because gas prices have gone up a little bit and trying to save some money and maybe make the thing a little more fuel efficient, and you're like, ah, confession. There it is. And you say, you know what? Vehicles weren't meant to run on a mixture gas and water you should probably take this thing to the mechanic and they'll take a look at it and hopefully they'll be able to get it running right again but where was the where what was the important moment there confession i've uh, been mixing a little water in with the gasoline friends there're just some there's some things that that we all know this our lives just weren't meant to run on right things like anger things like an unwillingness to forgive things like a burning desire to to take revenge things like lust things like self-righteousness things like conceit things like violence and on and on and on when we supplement our lives with those things like we're bound to feel the effects aren't we we're bound to feel the emptiness, the uneasiness, this sense of incompleteness that sort of, you know, just things aren't right inside, right? So to enter into this flow for spiritual health and vitality, we enter into this place of, of confession. And here's the deal. Like, have you ever stopped exercising for a while, and then you step on a treadmill, and the next day you're like, oh, man, that hurts, Like when we enter into this place, like we're bound to feel it. It's bound to make us feel uncomfortable for a while. When we get out into the open, the things that we've done or the things that we've just failed to do, we're bound to feel the effects of that. But if we're willing to go there, we quickly find out that God is gracious. God is merciful. God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Salma says, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. And this emptiness, this sense that something is missing begins to be filled with the grace and love and the presence of the one who made you, right? Sometimes I think, things like this can begin to happen with a therapist. Sometimes I think therapy is just holy ground when we start paying attention to those things inside of us and we get them from inside to the outside and there's confession there. And you begin to deal with those things. Remember, these psalms were meant for For use in corporate worship, in gatherings where there are people who love us and who accept us. So sometimes we just need help. Sometimes we just need the help of friends, and more often than not, when we engage in this activity, when we enter the flow of confession among people who love us and care for us, we experience that love and that grace, and the community itself becomes a conduit of God's love and God's grace and God's presence. Oh, and that guilt begins to melt away. So there's this flow, and it begins with confession. And then what's the next step? Well, we just follow the flow of the psalm. It's prayer. The next one is prayer. Therefore, let everyone who is godly Pray to you while you may be found. Because let's be honest. While you may be found, well, isn't God always present? Yeah, but sometimes we're just like, I don't know if God is with me. It's profound honesty here. Let those who are God, let the one who is godly pray while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. So as we think about prayer, I think one of the things that we we can think of it, we can think of it like this. Prayer is sort of like this daily discipline that might help sort of keep the flab away, if you're with me. It's like, it's almost like exercising, right? The psalmist seems to believe that when we're faithful in prayer, God will show up. And that God will actually provide protection. And that God will actually provide deliverance. Those are the words. Seems to believe that when we're faithful in prayer, that when we engage in this regular activity of connecting with the divine, God will respond. God will show up. God will protect you. God will provide deliverance. Have you ever felt tempted by anything before? Have you ever felt tempted? Anyone? Am I the only one? Okay, we we feel this, right? Tempted, like we know it's not right. We know we're like, oh, we're going down this avenue again. There it is, right? I can feel it again. Sometimes it feels like a mighty rush of waters, like a tidal wave of something like anger or guilt or just general irritants at people who believe different things that you do about how the world is supposed to work. And you want to just, mmm. Have you ever been there? Feels like the mighty waters are welling up inside of you. You just can't stop it. Well, this psalmist seems to believe that part of this flow is this ongoing daily discipline of connecting with the divine, the one who can save, the one who can sort of hold back those waters, not get rid of them. Like, you'll still feel them, right? The rush of mighty waters, but but the divine can sort of say, okay, stop. Can hold them back, right? When we're faithful, God responds. In prayer, God is our, our hiding place. And prayer, I think, is also another way for, for us to To listen for God cheering us on to a new way of living, a different way of living, a way of living that is different than what we encounter on an everyday basis. Confession, regular connection with the divine, like these, these sound like hard work. These sound like what we might call disciplines. Here's the third one instruction might call it that or maybe we might call it learning like there's an expectation that we might learn something new and as a result that changes us like suddenly the voice in verse 8 it changes from the voice of the psalmist the one who's crying out for their sins to be forgiven the one who's confessing all the iniquity inside of them Suddenly it changes to the voice of the divine, and it's now God that's speaking. Did you notice that? So there's like a give and take here in this psalm. There's a relationship implied here, right? Now the divine speaks, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding and must be controlled by bit and bridle. I want to control you like a puppet or a barn animal. I want this to be a relationship thing, right? Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in Him. God will teach us. God will instruct us. We will learn something. We will gain new insight. But I think the implication here is that God's teaching and these bursts of insight that sometimes come to us Just knowing these things and learning these things just isn't enough. Like, it requires a response. It would be like someone taking a weight loss supplement and only eating fatty foods and sitting on the couch all day. Like, things aren't going to go well for that person. It might get messy. Like You've got to stop eating fatty foods. Like, it takes work and you need exercise. Are you with me? So it requires... A response when we learn something new, when we have a a flash of insight because the divine communicates something to us, like we gotta do something about it. Friends, there's no quick fix. Like, this isn't a today is one thing and tomorrow's gonna be completely new. This is like a lifelong, that's why I'm calling it a rhythm or a flow. Because that's what it feels like to me. Like the I don't know if we want to call it the cure for the emptiness inside, or that sense of uneasiness, or that sense that life could be or should be, should be better. It's found in, in entering into this flow of confessing, like actually being honest about what it is that we, we have inside of ourselves, and experiencing the grace and love and acceptance of God. Like we, in Hebrews, it says we come to, we approach a throne of grace. We don't approach the throne of judgment. In John, it says Jesus came into the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world. So we can come to God with all honesty and experience God's grace and love. And then we enter into this flow where we, we remain connected to that one who can bring us protection, but also teach us and instruct us. And when we act upon those things, when we actually make real decisions about our own lives and we decide something, we can do it. Things can be different, and our groaning can eventually be transformed into rejoicing. And I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty cool. Let's pray.